Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Mitch Michaels from the Santa Monica Studios. We're now four days into the French Open, almost completed day four. Uh, joined now by our guest from the Expo Studio, calling matches. We've got a full house here, but we're lucky to have a first-time guest on this show. Top 40 player. You had 45 straight Grand Slam main draw appearances, and you're in the University of Florida Hall of Fame. It's Jill Kravis joining us. Jill, thanks for joining the show. Oh, that's a nice introduction. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, it's first time guests. I, got, I bring out my best. So, you know, probably won't be as nice each time you join. Oh, but great. no. But uh, thank you again for joining. And uh, I, I love, obviously, like we all love this game of tennis. But there is something special about the first couple of days of a major where you have all these storylines. You have the biggest draws in tennis. And we kind of predicted it going in. Like, you'll have a major that starts two hours into the first day. Seeds are just flying left and right out of the draw. Always so many good matches. You know, you see the qualifiers getting through, see how they're going to do with the lead-up with the three matches under their belt. But I think any Grand Slam you play, there's always some great storylines because there's always someone that has a breakthrough or has a big win. Um, so for me, that's what's so exciting about each Grand Slam. And also, you know, we're, obviously we're covering Roland Garros right now. For me, going to the clay, you see everyone trying to grind it out and yeah. <laughs> play long yeah. points. So for me, it's really exciting. Well, I, I think there's a couple different ways we can start with this. Uh, what I like to see and highlight the positives are those top players, men or women, that it doesn't all go according to plan. Like you think you're just going to have this nice, easy run and it's going to be fine. That was the case for Carlos Alcaraz yesterday who was in a dogfight, to say the least, with his countrymate, Ramos Vinolas, and had to save a match point to do it. I think it's great to be young in the sense that he can just kind of recover from what he went through, but he played a grueling match. He fought through it. The, the spin zone that I have is it's nice to know that he was able to win when plan A, when his A game wasn't quite there. Yeah, I mean, look, he's just so impressive um, from so many aspects not only his game uh, obviously his movement his attitude for someone that's so young only 19 years old and the way he carries himself and handles himself out there and I I mean huge credit obviously to his coach Juan Carlos Ferrero I think Ferrero who has a huge impact on him who brings that calmness and positive energy but I think um, you know all of a sudden Alcaraz goes and wins Miami, goes and wins Madrid, and then all of a sudden yeah. all this expectation on his shoulders. And so you all, all of us are talking about how we now we expect him to win Roland Garros. Well, yeah. it's not that easy, right? Um, and so I think the fact that he got through that match, I think can only help him going forward. Obviously, it was a grueling mm -hmm physical match. I think he has the physicality to recover quickly from that. Um, and so it'll, I think it's good sometimes when you have those tough matches going forward and Ramos Vinolas played incredible yeah. tennis. I mean, he deserved to get to the stage where he had a match point. It was just 
the hustle and the movement from Alcaraz is just uh, in spectacular. It, it really is insane. And you bring up a point. You can you can say this for other players too in the men's side, like Sitsipas and Zverev. Like when a draw opens up or when they get a favorable draw, we are assuming that they're going to make deep runs. And I think that's a product of us taking for granted what the big three, big four have done. Because yeah. it's not normal in tennis history. It's not normal. To just make every single no. semifinal. <laughs> no, and I think all the players understand that. I mean, I think the more, you know, these up-and-coming new players that are going to be the next wave mm -hmm. um, start to have opportunities to win slams or yeah. more opportunities yeah. to win slams, I think it kind of puts it into perspective even more what those three or four have accomplished i mean it's just absolutely incredible there are really no no words for it but um you know i think some of them might be ready for them <laughs> to <laughs> no, make yeah. some room for some slam yeah. wins for some other players well i think upsets are good too we're going to start to see more when the top the, the best ever group is kind of getting ready for the latter stages and moving on nadal's looked great i mean no surprise winning his first mm. two matches comfortably but i think it's reasonable to just say we're we're just monitoring the health the fitness the level we know he's got the game to win the, he's won it 13 times but it's good to see at least this far still a lot of tests left that there hasn't been any setbacks health-wise the foot's been good and it's been business as usual so far yeah, I mean, Nadal is, is amazing because, I mean, obviously you never rule him out. He's won this event 13 times, like you said. It's just crazy. Um, but he's he's had to deal with this foot problem for years now. So he's understood how to manage his body over decades, and mm -hmm. he's one of the best at it. And yeah. with how physical of a, a game he plays, he's had to be able to do that. So even when there's an inkling that something, you know, might be bothering him or whatever, one, he's not the first to – say that something's bothering him and two you know he's just gonna work his hardest and do the best that he's can I mean that's what has been yeah. has stood out from from him for so many years he's it's funny because he's more frustrated it seems with not being able to practice like he wants right that's what frustrates him is this foot it I can get through the matches he's like you said an honorable guy that will never use that as an excuse but he said, like, I just can't practice like I used to. And that's what upsets mm. me, which is, I guess, a coach's dream to hear stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, he, look, he loves yeah. tennis. Mm -hmm. He's got such a huge passion for the sport. So anytime he wants, wants to get on the court, he wants to be there. And, I mean, his warm-ups for matches for most players are like half an hour. His warm-ups are an hour long. I mean, he just likes having the repetition. Yeah. He just likes being out there. So I can see how that would be frustrating for him, but at least he gets yeah, to play. That's true. I, I, it was that 2017 epic uh, Australian Open with him and Federer, and there was a journalist, I forget who, who was talking about it like two hours before. Better is like drinking like a coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, just so like, relaxed. You know, and Rob is out there sweating buckets yeah. for an hour before. So, <laughs> hey, there's no there's no one way to be an all-time great tennis player. Uh, speaking of those, uh, Novak Djokovic is continuing on, and we started to see him ramp up. I think he's somebody more than maybe anyone that knows how to round into form at just the right time. He's another one that we won't be judging until he gets to the latter stages. But what I've saw, Jill, and I'm curious your perspective, the tennis is getting cleaner. When you go, like the Molkham match was a great example. He's got better levels of tennis to play, but the third set, not his best. He gets to a tiebreaker, and he just locks it up. No errors. Dares the other player to finish him off. They can't do it. He's retrieving. I think Novak's clean tennis this far is, is the best sign that I've seen from him. 
I mean, you you pointed out something that I think over and over again in his matches is he knows how to just zone in at those big, important moments. And all of a sudden, he just does not make a mistake. And yeah. And just defensively forcing his players to come up with something good, like putting it on them to like, okay, you need to beat me now. And he's just one of the most solid players on the tour, one of the best movers. I mean, he's just absolutely incredible. So, I mean, he does that from the beginning. And I, I mean, you say play into form. I mean, I think his his expectation of himself is to have that perfect form from the beginning. Right, he just say, like, knows how to step it up. Play into perfection. Yeah, like that's, play into perfection. He's still, he's obviously always really good, but to beat the best, he's got to get to a certain yeah. level that he's gotten to. And just how many times, like the tiebreaker against Federer at Wimbledon, like yeah. where he just doesn't make any mistakes I out know, there. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. I think best of five is the other side of this too, because you saw Sitsipas and Zverev both down two sets, both come back and win matches. And, and we'll get to, you know, both of them in, in detail. But there is something different about this best of five in terms of the mental side. Like, we know the the physical fitness, the you know, it's a war, it's Nadal, it's why he's been so great, Djokovic, too. But there's something mentally when you're on the other side, I think, and you can obviously correct me here, but just the, the mental challenge of beating someone three sets versus two. Mm-hmm. Both of these matches, Verov against Baez and Tsitsipas in his match uh, against Musetti, kind of felt watching like they had to do it in straight sets because once that third set went the other way that's when the momentum completely flipped and that's when it really changed like do you buy into the mental side of it as well oh 100 percent. a lot of it is mental yeah i mean it's, a lot of it's mental in three sets mm-hmm. but five sets for sure i mean yeah i mean well you know those top players too if you're playing a top player and you have an opportunity and it goes five sets they just have been in that five set situation a little bit more often mm-hmm. i think which makes a big difference um, the, yeah, the, it's so mental. I mean, I, a, a former coach of mine one time just had me play a practice match, play three out of five, just to, just to be able to Tough have, practice. well, I mean, obviously the women yeah. only play two out of yeah. three, but to know what it felt like. And basically the point of it was, was to make me stronger mm-hmm. mentally because it's such a huge task yeah. to ask, especially I think this is one of the most grueling five sets that you can play is on the clay because yeah. the points are longer it's just so physical. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, I mean, if you have so many of these five-set matches come down to just one point here or there, so mm-hmm. you have to be so spot on. Um, and you just have one slip, and that's yeah. where, you know, that's where sometimes it can change. Musetti, that's the second time. I mean, he was up on Djokovic two sets at Wimbledon, and, you know, it, he's seen it a couple of times. Baez actually. And here, too. Yeah. Wasn't he in a few oh, was here, here wasn't with Wimbledon. You're right. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was last year uh, here. Uh, Baez actually, I mean, and I love that kid's style and yeah. how he plays. He didn't get bullied around. Like that fifth set, he had a match point, didn't miss by much. But I agree. I think these, you know, tennis is such a mental game in general. You go point by point, find an opening. These players are such laser focused that I think it's it's been good to see that they still have that kind of commitment and that composure. So it's about though I'm a little worried, and, and not because I, I know his elite level game and I love how he plays on the clay, but – the we saw it again today in his match where he just isn't he kind of I don't want to say zones out but he's not bringing that level for a complete match court time is is a little higher than I think it should be and I worry about these little lulls that he has in matches because we saw it again today that's not the second straight match where mm. this has happened well it, it, um, see my perspective is more you're not going to play your best tennis all mm-hmm. the time. I mean, you, it's just impossible. I would yeah. say I've talked to like some guys on the tour that have retired now who played for decades, like 
18 to 20 years mm -hmm. and they can count on two hands how many times they played a match that they thought was perfect. Right. So it's about getting through tough situations. And even though maybe Sitsipas isn't playing the cleanest matches that he wants right now, he's somehow finding a way to get through. Sure. And sometimes that is huge going into the second round. So he's still being able to perform well enough and be mentally tough enough to get through when he maybe isn't playing his best yet, which is, which is big. Yeah. I thought that uh, it wasn't the best thing. This is just a sports take in general that he was kind of expected now to make the final, that he was on the other side of the, the three favorites going into the tournament. Great opportunity, obviously, but we're again, it's like we're penciling him in. It's probably not the best to be like, Oh, this guy's just going to be in the final. Not that he would listen to the outside news regardless. The, the other thing with the, the way he plays, everyone says it compares to Federer, how he's aggressive, he takes the ball on the rise. And I feel like maybe it's it's that style of play. There are more errors that I've noticed. He's kind of, when he maybe I don't know if it's, and this is where you can chime in, but how much he plays, how aggressive he plays, the margins might not be very big. So when he's a little off, it looks maybe a little worse or maybe more drastic than other top players. Yeah, potentially. I mean, he could be also trying to make adjustments and mm -hmm. find his form a little yeah. bit. I mean, it's hard to kind of speculate. You don't know what he's thinking. And um, obviously he knew what it, he knows what it takes to get to a final here. He was yeah. in the final last year. So he could be making some adjustments for leading up into the next rounds right. or just maybe he hasn't felt comfortable coming into the tournament in general. So trying to find his form a little bit. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he performs now that he's got two matches under mm -hmm. his belt. The beginning of a slam is yeah. always slightly nerve wracking mm -hmm. for everybody. He's, his expectations are higher, obviously getting to the final here last year, got a lot of points to defend. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors that could be in play. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan. I think he's got it. He's been I'm able to, too, he's yeah. been able to, uh, withhold some things and, and make in his style on clay is amazing with Zverev too. It's, it's funny. It's, it's the serve. We're all just like worried. Like, is it going to happen again? <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I obviously he, <laughs> I think he knows people is talking about talking about the serve too. I mean, and I like, especially on this surface, he's got such a great kick serve. And when he's struggling on that second serve, I can, I think he can throw that in a little bit more often. Well, that match point he saved serve. was a great serve. Yeah, you know, and he and has it. That's where it's the Alcaraz final at Madrid. He was playing great, serving well, and then yeah. just, I mean, fell apart. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough. And obviously, it's something that he's continuously working on. I think he's got a great service motion as well. He just sometimes starts to think about it a little bit at some big moments. So, But I think he can use a little bit more spin, mm -hmm. especially on this surface in particular, to create some opportunities. Did you ever have any moments like that in your career or, or maybe better off? Did you ever go up against someone that was going through that? When you yes. Kinda, yeah. yeah. I mean, I an Australian Open one year, I played an opponent that was, I mean, I somehow managed to lose the match, but had like 18 <laughs> double faults and, and I knew it. And on your side, I mean, then you start you know, I mean, I should have taken advantage of it, but she came up with some big yeah. serves as well. But yeah, it's, it's tough. I you, think everyone goes through moments during yeah. their career. Sabalenka is the one right now where it's yeah. just like, cause everything that she does have, the weapons she has are incredible, but amazing player. Yeah. I thought during Australia, her overcoming that to get as far as she did was as impressive yeah. as anything. I like that. She's spoken about it though. Mm -hmm. I think if you try and deny that it's there, it mm -hmm. probably just gets worse. So the fact that she's, you know, been openly, outspoken about the fact that okay yeah I'm struggling this is something I need to work on I, obviously the first step the first step is acceptance <laughs> <laughs> that's true we got to start somewhere 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Jill Cravis here on Tennis Channel Inside In, uh, looking at the win- women's side now uh seven of the top 10 seeds are already out for round three uh the one of them that's not is no surprise Igas Fiontek 30 straight match wins four games lost through two rounds and uh this that I saw today 15 bagel sets in 2022 we're not in June yet I mean that's unreal (laughs) yeah I mean she's just on fire right now and sometimes when you're playing that well and you have that much of a streak going you kind of almost forget how to lose because you're playing with such confidence you forget when the changeovers are yeah exactly (laughs) and you're just playing with such freedom and obviously this new coaching partnership that she has is working extremely well just a different perspective just a fresh perspective so I mean yeah she's looking unbelievable and embracing the number one position by the way that's pretty impressive that's the part for me um game wise we see that how athletic she is how great that forehand is, how she constructs points. But going into each tournament, obviously for a major, you expect everyone to be here. But she wins the tournament. Yeah. She gets her trophy. She takes a photo sh- uh, shoot with it on the next day. And then she shows up two days later, and it's like, I got to prove it all over again. Yeah, It's so natural to see that letdown. And that we wouldn't be judging her any differently if she went into a tournament after winning one, two, three in a row mm. and then had a bad or subpar performance. But the fact that she's backing it up, Every yeah. single time her level is always there. It's very impressive. Yeah. And she's being smart as well. You know, I mean, she's played so many matches in a row now, but being smart about when to rest, how, mm-hmm. how to rest. She's learning from such a young age. She's got a great support team around her about when to ta- take care of her body, when to not push it, taking days off from practice when she needs to. And so that's been impressive, but yeah, embracing the number one position. I mean, it's kind of just fell on her once the, Ashley Barty, you know, came out and said that she was retiring from the sport. So the number one position sort of fell on her. And you're kind of, I'm like, okay, I want to see how she reacts to that. And she's just been impressive. She said she's still got work to do. Uh, I can't see it, but I mean, she sees <laughs> it. So the top I, are always still wanting yeah, to get better, too. It's, it's yeah. almost like we were talking today, like if someone does beat her, then that might be what really propels her to another level. I, there is still. I don't want to say like there's a lot to improve. She has she's not getting a ton of aces, so like I think at her age, her serve can get better over time, which is another frightening thing. But no, she's her levels there. She idolizes Nadal and plays like him downhill. No, no room to breathe. Not a bad one to fight. emulate, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Iga's going to be tough. I mean, it's she was a favorite coming into this tournament, like Nadal at his heyday. So the draw, you know, not you know the pitfalls being out of the way. Iga's level is impressive, but who else? looking at just in general who else has impressed you by what they've done so far um in this in this tournament or in this tournament in this yeah. tournament okay um well because I was gonna I was gonna kind of go with like I love the way Bedosa's last year has yeah. gone and I've um you know she it took three I mean she won today in three sets so her yeah. her hey, she's still in it I mean of all the seeds exactly. that are gone you know? so I mean it's not like she's like super yeah. dominating right now I mean she had an easy first round mm-hmm. but um I love this surface for her, and I've heard numerous coaches say she's definitely going to be a future number one, and I agree with that after watching her play last year. I was at the you know WTA finals at the end of the year, super impressed with her. 
Um, I also really like the way Anna Samova is playing right now. It's a good one. I think she's playing um, fantastic. She had a tough first round against Osaka. And then sometimes it's tough to, you know, back that up. Right. And she backed it up in impressive form against Bekic. Um, who else? I, I just going to go off of that. I think it might be good in that situation to have a tougher match from the get-go because you don't have the luxury. Well, of that's what we're saying about Alcaraz, yeah. right? Like the fact that he was pushed. Yeah, it's I th- good. I feel those challenges. And she's a semifinalist here, so she knows yeah, how to play good clay exactly. court tennis and has found her game. And she's somebody that if you watch practice – yeah. Like, I saw her at, at the WT event in Chicago with all the other top players, and she looks like the best practice player, yeah. the way she hits the ball. So yeah. I think that's a good one. And even we were talking about Sabalenka. I mean, she's into the third round, and if we're looking for contenders for Iga, mm-hmm. you'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody with enough power. Um, but that said, the other name I wanted to bring up was Belinda Bencic because she beats Andrescu in straight right. sets. And quietly or maybe not quietly is proving that she's doing well on the clay. I think she's had her best by far the last year has been the best year of her life on the clay and uh, I'm impressed with her serve. So she's another one I'm looking at to kind of see if she can make a move here. Yeah, that's a good one. I think, I mean, the other, I'm just looking at the draw now, the other, I'm curious about Pagula. Yeah. Do you you see the stats? Do you see the stats with Pagula? Two matches, 18 match points. She's won them both, but but, it's taken 18 to close them out. And she's laughing about it on Twitter saying it only took like nine today. But I, I do think that she's someone that's put the time in. It's just to to, to physically pick someone to beat Iga, I'm going to have to see it first. Yeah. You know, I'm to, to say that. Well, the other, the other matchup I was just going to say, it's a tough section of the draw, but the, the third round matchup against Keys and Rabakina. Mm. That's, I think Rabakina and Keys are both. A lot of volatility there, I right? I feel like they can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- if they were not playing each other in the third round, I felt like both of them could have gone far yeah. in this tournament. So, I mean, but it is a tough section because the winner would play the winner of Bedosa and Kremitova, and then you got Stavalenka and Svianta. Oh. There's too many choices. Yeah, you there seems to choices. be. Uh, some of the losses that we can kind of say shocking, maybe not shocking, uh, unfortunately not shocking, Garbina Muguruza just doesn't have, have her top level right now. It's been a couple months that she's won back-to-back matches. Um, but I will give credit to... The trendy upset pick that happened. Kaya Kanepi is just what we call a dangerous oh floater. Always. And you can kind of relate because that's yeah. kind of where you lived in that area uh, too. That era. Were, yeah, thanks. I said er, area. area. Oh, area. Area. I lived way back when. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like you, you're you're on the fringe of being seated. You're capable of being top players. They probably don't want to see you. I could think of Muguruza being like, I have to play her first round when yes, I'm trying to definitely. find momentum. I think everyone feels that way about Kanepi. I mean, she's been in the quarterfinals of every slam she's mm-hmm. played. So, I mean, and she's always dangerous to be the top players just because she's such a clean, good ball striker, moves well, good athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got all the tools. So, and when she's on, yeah. I mean, she hits big off the ground so she can overpower a lot of players. And uh, Muguruza, I mean, I actually rewatched that match because <laughs> Muguruza was in control and I was kind of like, I don't know what, ha- I want to know what happened because I yeah. didn't see it. So I watched the replay of it. And it was just, Kanepi just, Kept trusting herself. I mean, she was missing in the beginning, but she never backed down. She She's been keep, there. Like, that's, Yeah, and know. she just keeps going after her shots, and that's when she gets dangerous because she'll just keep trusting herself. I've heard, firsthand heard, multiple WTA players say, like, when answer that question, who's someone that's down on the rankings you don't want to see? Connect, and they yeah. say her name. Like they, yeah. yeah, I actually think there's quite a few. Yeah, oh, there, there are quite a few, and that shows you the depth uh, of the game for sure. Uh, speaking of which, 
Simona Halp lost today, which we know she's kind of rounding back into form, working with Mortagu, Mort like all this stuff. Uh, Zhang Chen Wen is legit. Like, I, I know you feel she's the same talented. way. She's talented. She's talented. 19 years old, six foot one, serves big, a lot of pace. This this could be a loss we look at years from now where we're like, oh, it's not that surprising. Well, I mean, I, I actually watched quite a bit of her in Australia. That was the first time I saw her play. Um, and right away, I, I was impressed. And she actually played Halep there on the hard court and lost to Halep mm -hmm. in the lead-up event to the Australian Open. And I was impressed. Like, like you said, big serve. That's one of her biggest weapons is the serve. And she just hits with a huge off the ground. And I think going into this match, it helped that she had played Halep already. Yeah. So it's not as intimidating playing a Grand Slam champion. You already got one under your belt. Okay, maybe she lost that match. But I think it helped her. Um, just feeling a little bit more settled going into today. Halep wasn't herself physically, but I don't want to take anything away from what Zen yeah, did yeah. today, yeah. for sure. Uh, and then also, I mean, you know, you look at the top five, top six, seven seeds that went out. Ans Jabur losing to Magdalene Nata, a veteran who's been around, but I don't know if it was fatigue, if it was playing a lot of tennis, or, I mean, it's, like we said, like, players have bad matches less than their perfect self, and upsets happen in sports, yeah. so we can't be too surprised. That's why you play the match, because it's yeah. a different day. You never know I just, what's going to I happen. just thought uh, Krejcikova, defending champ, and Annette Kontaveit, the top five seed, they both lose. Kontaveit to uh, Ila Tamjanovic, who's obviously a, a well-established, respected pro, but they haven't been on court too much. Mm -hmm. And I said this last year when Naomi Osaka was coming back, lost to Jill Teichman, who's, who's gone on ever run. But there's no replacement to playing tennis. Like, you kind of have to be out there playing your matches. And Barbara, defending champ, got to number two in the world. But without playing, it's hard to expect it her to hard. beat anyone. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, having that match play is so important. I think... You know, we as commentators express sometimes, you know, a qualifier can be a dangerous opponent because they have those three matches under their belt leading into a first round. And so those matches are important. And Kuchikova hadn't played a lot of tennis. Um, so I, th I felt, I mean, in coming in as defending champion, that's kind of a tough task not mm. to feel 100% prepared yeah. um, to come into this event. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply couple more things with Jill Kravis before we wrap up here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Well, there are opportunities we mentioned with the bottom half of the draw on the women's side being open. From a personal question, did you ever look at the draw when you played? No. Uh, never. Okay. So you're on that <laughs> side. So that's a thing. Like, I just read about someone who doesn't. Oh, Schwartzman. I just Schwartzman's match the other day. No, I. There was an article. He was like, I never look at the draw. I refuse <laughs> to look at the draw. But then he'll ask his coach all these questions like is it tough is it really tough is it oh, super tough <laughs> were you okay so you never looked no I didn't look never. I didn't like looking okay so obviously knew if I was in the top or bottom with right. what day I played Dan Michael Gamble said on the show a couple months ago because he never looked either mm -mm. but then we got to the topic of like the top guys it's like okay they probably look because if you want to see if you're like at the well Schwartzman yeah. doesn't yeah. I mean he's been top 10 maybe he, if you had like do you think the question being like does Djokovic know that he has to play Nadal in the quarterfinals I would venture to say yes 
at that I would th- range. I, that would be my guess, but yeah, but yeah, that's true. I, yeah. Well, the bottom half is is an open section, and you got a lot of seeds gone. Jill Teichman, who I mentioned, could make a run. Coco Golf is down there, maybe potentially. We didn't even mention Maria Sakari lost. That that opens things up completely. Last year's semifinalist, mm. and Victoria Azarenka still going strong as well. So. There a lot, are oppor- a lot of good opportunities, yeah. I like with Coco Golf. It's it's still hard to imagine her age, just eighteen years old, but she's starting to kind of look like more of a weathered season pro, where she's able to grind out some victories. I think that could serve her well, and I just think that at this point in her career, having the experience and being an exceptional clay court player, she's lurking in that section of the. Yeah, draw. I I totally agree. I mean, she plays Kanepi next round. <laughs> That's so. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just talking about who you don't want to face. Know. Um, so that's tough. You mentioned Azarenka. I think Sloan Stevens also is at the bottom mm. there where Krachikova had lost. She's a former finalist here, so she's always dangerous. Um, Layla Fernandez, US Open finalist. I mean That's Layla Belinda next round. That's a that's a I good know. one to look it's, for it's, tomorrow. It's crazy, yeah. Merton's got a walkover, so she's she's I mean, yeah, it's pretty open for a lot of players to make a push. So there's been a couple different, you know, we'll kind of end on this, just moments in the tournament that have been good, some bad, some great storylines, the, the underdog winning, and then some not-so-great storylines today. Uh, we should address the Bagu Alexandrova match. I don't know if you saw what it exactly happened. No, I didn't see what happened. So Bagu was down, two, was down 2-0 in the third set uh, on an outer court, upset about something, slammed a racket down. It bounced up into the stands and got really close to a, a child who started crying. Uh, there was no DQ penalty, which is a code violation. Alexandrova didn't like that. Yada, 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 Bagu wins okay. the match. So I'll give credit to her in this regard. She apologized for everything, took full course, responsibility. Yeah. Uh, on the flips, I mean, this is just unfortunately another event in this racket. Did it actually thing. hit someone? No, there wasn't any confirmation that it hit somebody, but okay. it got close to a pretty young kid. And she was, you know, cordial in how she, you know, of picked him up yeah. and everything. Uh, the, the one side of it is like, it shouldn't happen. We got to get to a point where this stuff stops. And the other side is like, I feel for Alexandrova, but it did kind of unravel her completely like up a break in the third set. So unfortunate that we still have to talk about these things, but we'd like to see players just kind of be more responsible. I mean, Rublev was the same way in his match. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. So I just think that something has to change. We can't have this go on where I don't think these players obviously don't want to hurt anybody, but. Got to be smarter with the rackets. And yeah, and, it. you know, Rublev, of, I mean, just like you said, Begu was cordial. Rublev mm-hmm. came out and apologized yeah. right away as well. He said it was unprofessional, and he hopes it never happens again. I mean, that's one of the things that's the toughest thing as a tennis player is to be able to control those right. emotions, but you have to. You have to because, yeah, I'm obviously, not, it's... I'm not saying banish these people, but there should be some punishment going on here to curb some of this stuff. What, like, maybe, what, what are you suggesting? Like, a media disqualification or... Well... I mean, there are certain things I think require an immediate disqualification. Yeah. Uh, but if it happens post-match, like we saw with certain players, then oh, the suspension right. comes involved there. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's unfortunate that these are the things that keep <laughs> coming is, up. Yeah. Um, especially when you have a good match, a three-set match there. But on the positive side, as we want to end on a good note here, uh, there have been some wins that, you know, we got we to gotta give just due to. Uh, the French player, uh, Leolia Jean-Jean, number 227 <laughs> in the world. She beats Pliskova. Right. This is her first Grand Slam. She's 26 years old. First Grand Slam debut. That's awesome. Was a prodigy. 26. I think that's awesome. So doing research on her, was a former prodigy. Didn't really pan out in the prodigy sense. Has an MBA from a French college. 
and now is giving tennis a serious go and she's in the third round. I love it. Those are the great stories. Yeah. I mean, that's great. And, and she's, I mean, look, she's the type of player that, um, not only is a good story, but has a good couple wins Plishkova. I mean, she got first one under her belt as a wild card and then has to play Plishkova and does a good job of backing up that first win. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, taking advantage. I know wild card's a, a tense topic yeah. these days, but <laughs> taking advantage of it for sure. And the other French player that stood out was uh, Diane Perry, mm-hmm. who's into the third round as well. Gets Get Sloan the Stevens, home crowd but going. Gets the home crowd going. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we got to pay tribute to Joe Wolford's song. Yeah. Heck yeah. of a career. Um, I almost started crying when... Yeah, it's... And he was match point down, and then, oh, my God. He... Some will say, like, oh, the era he was in, and it's true, like, it affected his ability to win because the top guys were the best top guys ever. But I keep going back to a David Ferrer quote that he said when he retired. Those guys made me a better player. Oh, yeah. And I think that's true. It's unfortunate. Like, we would all like to see him win. He got the Rogers Cup beating those guys in, in 2014. But I definitely think they brought out the best in him. And he was game. He was tough. And was with Gail Monfils, with Simone and Gasquet. Simone's going to retire as well. The face of that era of French tennis that did a lot of extraordinary things. So I'm sad to see him go. But he had a heck of a career, one of the best of his era for sure. I mean, I, well, I think that's a great perspective to have. What Ferrer said mm-hmm. is they made me a better player because you know that's in a lot of people's goals is to be able to win a Grand Slam. And there were so many guys, there are so many guys that are talented enough to do it. And yes, the big three and four, if you include Andy Murray, got in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to me, is what's impressive that Awarenko was able to get a few... Chilich was able to get one. Medvedev was able to get one. I mean, it's it's been really impressive from those guys because there's so many, I think, that could have had chances to have slams. And I think not only did the big three make everyone else a better player, I think they made each other better players. I think the t- fact that they stayed at the top for or have stayed at the top for so long have pushed each other further and further and further and that's almost why i feel like they've been able mm-hmm. all three of them to stay yeah. at the top for so long N- nobody has a bad thing to say about him either. i'm gonna miss songa and we all are <laughs> everything the smile the dance the, the game it's great um jill this was fun uh what matches should we look forward to tomorrow on the weekend because oh, i know yeah. i got corda alcaraz on my brain <gasps> i love corda he's I one do. of my favorite and i love alcaraz last guy oh, to beat God. alcaraz why did they have to play each other last guy oh. to beat him this is this is what's sad is these the players that I love have to play each other. <laughs> I mean, I should say I love everybody, but um, okay, wait. I'm trying to find the schedule. That's a good one. Um, on Corda the ma- Alcaraz would be insane. I actually hope I get to do that match tomorrow. On the women's side, I'm looking at. We mentioned Coco Canepi. That's fun. Belinda Bencic, Layla Fernandez. I that's think Anna fun. Anna Samova Mukova is gonna be okay. Very hey, we did. Good. And Angelique Kerber just keeps fighting. I mean, I she, her draw's opening up. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like the heavyweight champ that's past her prime, but still yeah. has that fighting spirit down there. Oh, there's a lot of good matches tomorrow. There's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good weekend for sure of tennis. Uh, Daniil Medvedev still on this draw plays Kekmanovic on Saturday. Uh, there's some good, there's some good stuff. I mean, I think we're going to start to see as we get to the fourth round and on, that there'll still be these upsets. I don't think we should be just writing in pen what the draw, what the matchups are going to look like. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot right now and say who the upset's going to be. 
who gets <laughs> upset. This is exciting, though. I know it is. Uh, Zverev plays, plays Nakashima in the third round. Mm, that I'm would be interesting. Upset, eh, but I think, I think Brandon Potential. Nakashima's game, he took him five at the U.S. Open a few years ago. He's somebody that I think could win. Um, yeah, Philip Krajanovic against Felix. I'm going to be monitoring that one as well. Oh, yeah, that's you good. Know, we'll we'll okay. have to see. On the women's side, you mentioned like the Kaya Kanefi, Coco. Like I was pumping up Coco, but that's not – like I don't even know that see, I would almost consider that an upset. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes I look at these matchups and I don't necessarily – I mean, just because of the ranking, I don't necessarily feel like it's Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're – Gosh, there's some good ones for sure, I think. Keys Rybikina, I want to end on that because I think that's one where you're right, like yep. anything could happen in that one. But Jill, thanks so much for joining the show. It's been fun uh, listening to you call matches here at the studio with the rest of us. And uh, thank you so much for coming on Tennis Channel Inside In. My pleasure, Mitch. Thanks for having me. That was Jill Kravis on Tennis Channel Inside In. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Go to tennis.com slash podcast. We have the entire catalog of shows up there. We will be back next week for more of Tennis Channel Inside In. It's the road to Roland Garros. We are here. We're going to get to the latter stages. It's going to be a fun recap for sure. For Jill Kravis, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. See you next week.